Well, we're going to continue uh, talking about faith this week. Uh, last week, uh, Jeremy uh, spoke on being a new creature in Christ. Uh, really good message. If you haven't had a chance to listen to it, uh, you can listen to it online. And, um, but the week before, uh, began a message called Pass It On, talking about your faith. And um, I want to uh, continue that uh, this week, and then I think next week we may actually go into a full-fledged uh, uh, faith series. But we're going to uh, begin here, and um, let's begin with Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. Uh, you can turn there, or, and you can also turn to 2 Timothy 1.5. Uh, I'll read 2 Timothy 1.5 real quickly, and then we'll go over there to Hebrews chapter 1. Wow, the Word of God is so powerful. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. When I call to remembrance, this is Paul writing, uh, of course, inspired by the Spirit of God. He's writing to Timothy, uh, really his son in the faith. And, um, you know... You have not, the Word of God tells us you, you have many teachers, but you have not many fathers. And so you can have a father or a mother in the faith. In other words, I love, and I love, especially being a pastor, I, I love the Word, and I love when Paul said, and the Holy Ghost inspired him to say, follow me as I follow Christ. Do you know all of us could say that? And I encourage you to say that. <laughs> You know, if you're uh, working with people, helping them learn the way of the Lord, uh, you say, follow me as I follow Christ. Uh, that's kind of your j- get out of jail free card. <laughs> Not that you intend to mess up, but sometimes you do stuff you don't, you don't even realize. And you can be bold and confident in telling anyone, follow me as I follow Christ. You're also saying, don't follow me if I'm, you don't see that I'm following Christ. You know, so uh, follow me as I follow Christ. Well, Paul had this in Timothy, this son in the faith. In fact, one of my uh, favorite passages of Scripture is over in Philippians, where the Word says, um, I had no man like-minded who would naturally care for your state. You know what he said right before that? All men seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ's. But in talking about Timothy, he said, I had no man like-minded who would naturally care for your state. So, if you're seeking the things of Christ, you're actually, by your very nature, caring for people. What nature is that? Well, we, you know, Jeremy talked about last week, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So actually, you have received the life of God. When you've received Jesus Christ, you actually receive the life of God, the Greek word for life is zoe. So you've received the zoe of God. And zoe is the God kind of life. It's life the way God has it. It's the same sustaining life, essence, and power that God himself is made of. And we receive of that same substance when we receive Christ. We receive the very life of God and the very nature of God. 
And so not only do you have a life that's out of this world, it's not from this world, not of this world, not of even the seen realm. We walk by faith, not by sight. So we don't, if you're going to, when I say we don't, I say I'm talking about the believer who is walking in the perfect will of God. I'm talking about the believer who is living by faith and walking by faith. So when I say we don't uh, respond to our natural uh, desires as far as letting them be the driving force in our life, uh, I'm saying when you're walking by faith. In other words, when you're walking and trusting God. Because it can be a confusing thing to be a believer and to understand that you have the unconquerable, the complete victorious power of God living on the inside. And I said it before the service this morning. And then you look and you say like, wait a second. If that's true, why does my life look like it does? Why do my experiences look like they look? Why did I just experience what I experienced? If God is on the inside, why is this happening to me? If God loves me, if God cares about me, how could he let this happen? Right? So these thoughts come. Why do the thoughts come? Well, in many cases, it's because of the devil. Because remember the devil, when you're, when you're reading the Bible and you want to understand the Bible, one of the ways to understand it is you look and see the first time it's mentioned in the, in the Word of God, the first time we see it show up, like what's said about it and what's, what's, uh, what happens. So you look at when the devil in the form of the serpent came in the garden and spoke with Eve, what did he do? Did God really say He just knows, in other words, he's holding something back from you. He knows that the moment that you eat of that tree, you're going to be like him, and he doesn't want you to be like him. Because he he's like a jealous. He's 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 jealous, and you know, uh, he's like um, in it for himself, and he's arrogant. Well, why why would the devil even try to say that? Because that's what's in him. Have you ever dealt with someone? And they're like, uh, they call it, uh, you know, I had a little bit of psychology in high school. And, uh, you know, uh, just a little tidbit is that, uh, you know, realize if you study too much psychology, it'll actually mess you up. (laughs) Now, I could say that from thinking about psychology a little bit, but uh, uh, Dad Hagen told us that. And even, even he told us, Pastor Hagen had a psychology class in college, and it put him backwards spiritually a bit. Because you start to approach life and things from this psychological thing. So you realize, like, if you're reading that kind of stuff, and you're, you're, you're into all of that type of stuff, uh, that's really kind of like the devil's playground. And he can take advantage of you. You know, like if you've taken those classes, don't, don't be scared, anything like that. All I'm saying is you have to pay attention to what you're putting in. You know, there was a, there was a, a guy that uh, was a psychology professor at, at a university in the Southwest, very, very well-known um, university. And um, 
he retired from there and had taught, taught at another university. And um, when he retired, he got out some of his old criminal psychology books. And he started reading those and looking over those. And um, he started uh, molesting kids because what he read about actually got a hold of him. And so you have to actually pay attention to what you're looking at and not only looking at, but thinking on. Do you understand? Like, okay, let's, what year is this? 2017. You can go on the internet and you can find almost anything you want to find. Like about anything. Like you can read the news and they're going to analyze things like 17 different ways. And you say this and this and this and looking at this subject and all of a sudden what happens? Uh, You weren't upset, but you kind of get upset uh, about something because you're just reading, oh, this person's saying this, this person's saying this, this person's saying this. You know, in our life, we are to actually not just read the Word, but feed off of the Word. The Word is faith food. In other words, like Jesus said, man or mankind shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so if you're going to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, what's that, gonna, what's that mean? That means the, the word of God, the Bible, is God's word to you. Right? It's to mankind, but it has to be to you. If it's to somebody else, it's not going to affect you. you. And you're thinking if it's for somebody else, it's not going to affect you. That's why you hear people say like, well, this is for so-and-so. This message was for so-and-so. This was, you know, well, that's a real dangerous thing. Uh, you, you can know like, oh, this would be good for someone. I want to share this with them, those type of things. But sometimes uh, we'll inadvertently say like, oh, they needed this, you know. <laughs> I certainly have it at all together, so I don't need it. Well, if that starts to creep in, that can start to creep in on any of us. Then you just go after that and you say, no, uh, Uh, I live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so we're actually not just to read the word. We're not just to memorize it. You can read the word. You can memorize the word. You could have a photographic memory and quote the word and you would not experience what's in the word. You have to feed off of the word. Right? So this guy uh, that I told you about, he was like really feeding off of those, those books and stuff and reading how the devil got a hold of other people and meditating on it, and turning it over, and then the devil got a hold of him. Right? So if you want to experience the life of God, if you want to experience what God has for you, and what God has planned for you, what do we have to feed on? Right? You are what you eat. You ever hear that? (laughs) Like naturally speaking, garbage in, garbage out. And um, you'll notice uh, the the things or thing that are the foremost on your mind that you're dealing with, that's what comes out of you. You know, like if you're working on a special project at work and you have like, uh, you know, like uh, so much time and effort into this and stuff like that and somebody's going to talk to you about something, uh, you're probably going to end up talking about that. That's probably going to come out. And so you can find out like what you're feeding on. And uh, if you feed on the word, it brings life, it brings light it brings direction because you'll, you'll know what to do. But So where we find ourselves uh, many times as a believer is you look and you see in the word like this amazing 
man of God, woman of God described, and you find out that's you, and you're like, wow, uh, but why, when I look at yesterday, does my yesterday not look like that? <laughs> Right? All of us. Uh, I don't care how long you walk with the Lord. Uh, uh, you know, Jesus, when he ascended on high, he gave gifts unto men, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, uh, for how long? Uh, just, just to get the church launched? No, till we all come into the unity of faith, to the fullness of the stature of the body of Christ. Right? So we're all growing. Um, you know, we all should be growing. None of us are, are full mature, but we're, we're doing better and we're improving. So you look and you say like, uh, how is this possible that, that such a powerful God could come and live and dwell and make his home inside of me and yet it only have like this much effect? In fact, 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, We having the same spirit of faith, according as it's written, I believed, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. And then in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, if you uh, continue looking down, we'll re read verse 18 first, actually of 4. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. So think about that. So even in your own life. <laughs> We look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. Okay? When I was first learning to drive, my mother told me, I think it was my mother, my father might as well, but I, I remember this incident. And, um, you know, keep looking at the road. Don't look off the side of the road. If you look off the side of the road, you're going to go off the side of the road. You know, don't look down, don't look that. Whichever direction you look, that's where you're going to go. Well, you know, knowing what I knew at 16... I was like, okay, mom, I got it, I got it. You know, you don't have to give me, like, I've got it. Of course, I can do it. So you start driving, and I remember I had a 1984 Ford Escort. It was my first car. Paid $1,000 for it for my brother. <laughs> and I'm driving down this road. It's 45 mile an hour. And the radio was old, you know, the three dials that would come out. You know, I'm dating myself really here. Anyhow, none of this touchscreen. There was no such thing as touchscreen. So I would take, and I just wanted to turn it down or up. I don't recall. But I remember turning it. And so I'm driving here, and my radio's over here in the center. You know? And all of a sudden, I look up. And I'm like over the white line, heading off the road. And I was like, whoa! And I thought, how in the world did that happen so fast? But where the direction I was looking is where I went. And you see that when you're teaching people to drive, you know, you're supposed to look down the road. Don't look right here. You got to look down the road at anything. Like, I like to mow the lawn in very straight lines. And so, <laughs> Melody also likes to mow the lawn. So sometimes, uh, like, she probably laughs at me. We've been married for 15 years this year. And so it was a couple weeks ago. And she's like, would you like me to mow? I really enjoy mowing the lawn. Okay. Some people are like, I feel bad you have a lawn to mow. I'm like, I love to mow the lawn. I meditate while I'm mowing. Anyhow, so I'm like, she's like, you want me to do it? I'm like, huh. I had other things I really needed to do. I'm like, okay, I guess so. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, but do you see that? The neighbor's little mailbox down there. I said, no, you get on there, just look straight at that. And don't look down, like look at that and just drive straight. Because I know if she starts the first line straight, then the rest can be straight. You know? And she's like, I got it, I got it. You know? I know she's so patient with me, but I'm telling her thinking, I know she knows this, but I'm like, I really like the straight line. And so 
The point is, where you look, that's where you start to go. Right? So if you start to look at all of this other stuff, in other words, sometimes we focus maybe on too much on the content that's there and not enough on the attitude that it's there with. In other words, Paul said this in uh, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Right after 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is the gifts of the Spirit, or really how the Greek says it, the workings of the Holy Spirit. This is how the Holy Spirit works. And, you know, wonderful, uh, you know, nine manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Um, And uh, you've probably studied those. But then right after that, he said, Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not love, my favorite translation says, it profits me nothing, or excuse me, it amounts to absolutely nothing. So you can have all wisdom, all power, all this, but if you don't have love in the judgment, it'll be like sticks burnt up in the fire. And you'll be saved, but you'll be like... I don't have anything with me. If it's not done out of love, it amounts to nothing. And so what you look at matters a whole lot. And the Bible even tells us to look at the perfect law of liberty, look into the mirror of the word, because all of a sudden you start to be reshaped and reformed. So what's our problem? Well, we are new creatures on the inside. The real us, the core of who you are, uh, the foundation of who you are when you're a believer is brand new in Christ Jesus. Actually has the, the life of God and the nature of God. And if you look over in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, it says, but he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. He that's joined to the Lord is one spirit. What does that mean? Well, on the inside... You have become, the new creature is one spirit with the Lord. So it's not like if you could open me up and look inside. Somebody one time taught at a prayer school, like he had paper dolls. So you're like you can have two paper dolls in there. It'd just be one because you become one spirit with the Lord. He that's joined to the Lord is one spirit. Uh, Living Bible says, but if you give yourself to the Lord, you and Christ are joined together as one person. You and Christ are joined together as one person. Authentic says, but he who unites himself with the master forms a single spirit. He that unites himself with the master forms a single spirit. So when you become a new creature, you become one with God. Was it uh, chapter 6 of uh, 2 Corinthians? That uh, Amplified says, I will dwell in and with and among you. Talking about, don't be unequally yoked. How can you have an unbeliever uh, and a believer together? Because the unbeliever is like full of the devil, basically. And the believer is full of Christ. And you can't join the two. The two can't come together. So you actually become a a new creature. And uh, that new creature is recreated in Christ. You're recreated in Christ. Does this make sense? You're recreated in Christ. You become one spirit with the Lord. 
verse, uh, chapter 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1, for we know that if our earthly house, this tabernacle, this is the body that you live in. Uh, some people call it your earth suit. Now, if you go to space, you have to have a space suit. This is your earth suit because you're on earth. <laughs> so you need an earth suit. And uh, just like Jesus needed flesh, he needed to put on flesh so that he could come and talk to us and not scare us because God tried to talk to the Israelites in the desert and, you know, scared them. But also so he could come as one of us, live a perfect, sinless life and then defeat the devil because of it. For we know that if our earthly house, this tabernacle, were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. If so, that being clothed, we shall be found, not be found naked. Nobody wants to be naked. For we that in this tabernacle, you're supposed to like give people a chance to laugh every once in a while. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. For we are in this house, or in this tabernacle, do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of life, of zoe. In other words, like you've got, mortality is like death doomed. In other words, death is going to take place in this. And so you look at your own life and you say, like, but my finances, they look like death doomed. Like they're going like the wrong way. You know, my body looks like death doomed. But this is, we're groaning on the inside. We're desiring from the inside, from the real you, from the real person that you are, the real being that you are in Christ, one with Christ, to be clothed with zoe. In other words, I don't just have a little Zoe, but Zoe is now overtaking me. Like Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that lives in and from and with me, uh, the same will bring forth much fruit. But you have to remain in Christ. In other words, you have to let the life of Christ live in you and live through you. You have to let it. It's not automatic, right? Because our, our natural thinking is if um, you can think of like the most boisterous person you know, like, like when they show up, you just know it. <laughs> like the life of the party and, ah, hey, how's it going? You know, like all this. And um, so we kind of think, I think when God shows up, that's how it's going to be. <laughs> like, did God speak to you today? I don't know, I didn't hear anything. But you know, the Lord actually uh, was uh, not in the fire, not in the earthquake, but the still small voice. Just a still small voice. And so, in other words, he's a perfect gentleman. If you don't pay attention, you're going to miss what he's saying. If you don't... Um, if you're musical, maybe you know this, like you could hear somebody playing and you're like, uh, there's something out of tune, uh, there's something not quite right there. If you're not musical, you, you might not discern that because you don't really have an ear for it, you know? And so all of a sudden, uh, if you have an ear for something, you can hear it. I remember when I first learned to run camera and uh, same thing when I first learned to fly. These, they have these intercoms, you know, uh, for camera and then in the airplane they have radios. Maybe I should use the airplane example. So you're like, you can go on ATC.net, I think it is, and you can listen to Dulles Airport. 
and you can listen to the tower frequency and the approach frequency and all this type of stuff. And you can, oh, this plane is here and here and here. And, you know, uh, sometimes if people are coming, I know I like to listen when they're coming. Oh, I, here's their flight. It's here. It's there, wherever. But man, when I first started to learn to fly, okay, one of the hardest things I've ever done because you're like trying to do like, you have to do like body motion and mental exercise all at the same time. And man, it worries you out. Anyhow, uh, as you learn and do more, it's almost like physical exercise, stronger and stronger, and it gets easier and easier. You can fly for longer, longer periods of time. But when you listen to that radio, uh, they're like, uh, one nine or five, you're clear. Take a right. And you're like, and, you know, your instructor's like, okay, so just go up there, and uh, once you get to 3,000 feet, then bank left, 180 degrees. And you're like, what? <laughs> but as soon as, like, you learn it, and then I would take people up flying with me, they're like, what did they say? And I said, oh, they said go to 3,000 feet, 180 degrees, bank left, you know? And they said our call sign. Oh, are you sure? <laughs> because my ear all of a sudden was tuned to that. But otherwise, it's gibberish. Well, many times, that's how the voice of the Lord is to people. You know, once you're born again, you, you think like, okay, I need the crystal clear voice. Well, the voice actually is crystal clear, but it's not crystal clear here. It's crystal clear here. And what happens is sometimes the voice of the Lord is so clear that you think, well, I don't know if that could be the Lord. Like, I feel like we're supposed to do such and such. Da, da, da. You're like, but I don't know if that's the Lord. Well, were you wanting to do that? No. Were you thinking about that? No. And you're kind of like, uh, you hear from God. <laughs> you are the sheep of the Lord. You hear his voice and the voice of a stranger you don't follow. And so we have to tune in uh, to the Lord. Like you could take my old radio in the car I'm talking about. You had a tuner. Like you could a turn it. <laughs> I miss those because you got to push the button now, but you could just turn a dial and it would tune and it was old analog. So you could actually, it gets stronger and stronger. Oh, and then you went past it. Oh, and you go back. Oh, there it is. You know, like praying is like that when you pray, like one of the best ways to understand prayer is you ever play the game hot and cold. Like if I close my eyes right now and I spin around, oh, this is dangerous. Okay. And I start, I want to go towards the pulpit, wherever the pulpit is. You would say, if I'm going cold, cold you got to say if I'm going away. Okay? Oh. Okay. Well, prayer many times is that way. Right? You're communing with the Lord, and all of a sudden, you're kind of like, as soon as you say hot, I'm like, oh, okay. So then I can go this way. I'm going to go a little more. And you're going to say hot, hot. Burning hot, you know, that's how we used to say it. And so then all of a sudden you're like, oh, you're on the right track. Well, many times um, following the Lord is that way. And you listen to the Lord and you're, you notice like you just got something on the inside. You can't explain it. And you start to go the other way and it starts to get colder. And you're like, what? Like, I feel so distant. You notice if you go back to that thing, you're like, oh, okay. I'm where I was. I'm not where I need to be, but I'm where I was. And then you kind of start to move. Oh, Okay, I think this is it. And you might take baby steps, but you get there. And so um, we have someone on the inside that wants to be let out. And the only way he can be let out is if we come into agreement with him. How can two walk together unless they be agreed? So as soon as we're in agreement with him and his word, he can move. Well, what does that mean? Well, that means we talked about you don't have just... Uh, memorization. You just don't have a head knowledge, but you have 
a heart knowledge, a heart understanding. You receive it in your heart. It's called a heart faith. You believe with your heart. And as soon as you believe in your heart, then you only have one thing to do. You exercise what you believe. You act on it. In other words, you act like that amount of power is resident in you. If you, act, if you believe that in your heart and you act on that, it will happen. Have you ever done that? To pray for somebody? Maybe somebody has sickness or whatever and you're, you're like, okay, I know like, I have the anointing in me. I have the healer inside of me. Uh, I'm, but I'm afraid to pray for them. So I, I don't know what to do. You know, well, who are you relying on? Right? We're actually just a conduit. Like I can lay my hand on her like that and she feels my hand. But the anointing that would go into her is the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Is the anointing of the healer. Right? So is it about me? No, it's about who? The healer. Jesus Christ. It's about his power and his anointing. The only part that's about me is what I have to do. So I'm standing here and there's, I can't quite explain it, but hmm, I feel like I should ask her if she needs prayer for anything. Just something that simple even. What do I have to do? I have to yield to that. Right? In other words, yield means you have to stop if somebody else is there. Right? So instead of me just saying, oh, I've got such a busy schedule today, I'm going to go do this. I have to stop and let that unction pass through me. So I stop and I say, oh, okay. Can I lay hands on you? (laughs) (laughs) And now what am I doing? I am letting, I am obeying what the word says. You lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And so I am letting God work through me. T.L. Osborne said, I think, you know, he was a world evangelist. He said, I think we'd have a lot more miracles in the United States if we quit, if we would let God do something, actually is how he said it. Why don't you let God do something? He said, but no, he's like, you go and you pray for somebody and you get a cold healed, their cold is healed, and you print up your card, faith healer. Here I am, I'll pray for you. It's all right if you have cards and and stuff like that. That's not the point. The point is, if you would actually magnify the Lord, (laughs) the Lord could do something. In other words, there's no pressure. Like when I started praying for people to be healed, you know, sometimes it it uh, it could. uh, I remember I was on a missions trip and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna do it. My head's screaming, everything like that. And man, this lady, she had this like high fever. It immediately went down. All this type of stuff. And as you're used of the Lord. If you are honest in any sense, you will realize that is not from you. (laughs) You'll be like, whoa, that's awesome. And so what you do is, what do you do? You just act on the word. You say, can I pray for you? You know, just let me lay my hand on you, I pray. But you're knowing, you know, it's a longer message. 
You're knowing on the inside while you're doing that. I got the anointing working on the inside of me. God himself is on the inside of me. When I touch them, God flows through me. He's enabled to flow through me because I'm acting on his word. And so you say, the thoughts come like, well, nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. You just say, well, devil, it doesn't matter because you know what the word says that cannot fail, that God watches over. He doesn't watch over your word. He doesn't watch over your lies. You're the father of lies. He said, when I, as a believer, just a believer, not even a pastor, as a believer, lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. And he said, actually, one of the main doctrines of the church is the laying on of hands. And so I am just actually obeying what Jesus Christ commanded me to do. It's not actually up to me whether something happens or not. Actually, he's the one that's the performer. I'm just the believer. And so faith is acting on the word. When we put into practice what the word says, in other words, we act on it, then the word actually becomes animated in us animated through us. You know, like you, you're drawing a cartoon, animation. You know, the little flip books. You can do those. I still love to do those little things. <laughs> you know, you do a flip book and all, all of a sudden it starts to move. It's, it's animated. Because why? I didn't just draw 30 little pictures in a little bit different positions and leave them sitting there and say, well, kids, look at this. And they're like, okay, that's cool, dad. But I tell you what, I draw 30 little, 30 little pictures that move just a little bit, even if it's just a hand waving like that, and I exercise it, I act on it, I make it active. All of a sudden, they're like, that is so cool. You're the coolest dad ever. <laughs> well, it's the same thing in our, in our faith, is we can't just leave the little book sitting there and say, like, I don't understand. Like, I drew every picture. Why does this not, like, move? Why, why, why don't I see anything cool? Well, because you actually have to animate it. And the way you do it is you act like the Bible's true. Faith is acting like the Bible's true. And I want to I kind of add, like, because you know in your heart it is. Right? A lot of people get, get a hold of uh, um, a little bit of the message of faith in their head. You know, actually, knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. And so people will be like, well, I know everything there is to know about faith. I know all this type of stuff. Da, 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 da. No, that's like knowledge puffing up. If you've go, you got somebody that's acting like that, or if you're acting like that, then you know, oh, I'm, I'm, not gra- I'm grabbing from the wrong place. <laughs> I need to grab from here, not from here. I need to grab, grab from my spirit, from my heart. Because faith... Okay, just one more minute. I want to read you this, and then we'll go. Hebrews 11.1, 1. faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Okay? Actually, it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is now. Faith is not in the future. Faith is not yesterday. Faith is now. God is now. He is. I am. Now, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I'm going to read a couple translations. But faith forms a solid ground for what is hoped for, a conviction of unseen realities. Let me read that again. This is Berkeley. But faith forms a solid ground for what is hoped for, a conviction of unseen realities. Right? So what I'm talking about today is unseen realities. And so your faith 
will form a solid ground for those unseen but realities. Somebody like a realist says, like, I can't handle, handle religion because I'm a realist. You know, this is the most real thing that exists is the word. I'm a realist. <laughs> this is real. I love to like somebody say, like, um, you know, it's a blessing. People, people uh, go into Bible schools and all that type of stuff. And so I'm not taking away anything from anybody. I'm just saying my own personal uh, experience that I'm thankful for is that uh, I'm happy I got to uh, be around Kenneth Hagin personally and talk and ask a couple of questions, not too many, but learn from him and his teachings and traveling and all that type of stuff. And, but you know what? I like to go to the source. So he'll tell stories. Sometimes I still hear him. He'll talk about such and such author, this person. I'm like, oh, so I go online and I find that book and I want that book because as much as I respect the guy, I like it firsthand. So I want to know your testimony firsthand. I don't want to, I don't want to have someone, someone else's um, version of it because I notice people live out, leave out significant details (laughs) that I'm like, you know, that made all the difference in the world. I heard that and now I can believe that. That's why actually other translations are also good. Faith forms a solid ground for what is hoped for, a conviction of unseen realities. So if we're talking about living by faith and walking by faith, we're not talking about being out in no man's land where you feel so scared and so shaky you don't know what's going to happen. No. With faith, you know what's going to happen because Real faith, heart faith, is based on the Word of God. It's based on what God said. So you know ahead of time what's going to happen. What's going to happen is what God said. And so you're not scared. Right? I said, then the, during the given time I talked about, uh, we kept giving and giving and giving before we moving out here and stuff like that. The Lord put it on our heart. You know, my head was screaming. But do you know what? By giving that way, that gave me the boldness that I needed to step out and trust God for finances. Because why? Well, my Lord, we had given everything. (laughs) And so if I gave everything, like I'm like, Lord, all I can do is rely upon you. And I'm not scared about it because you said to do it. You said it in your word. uh, And there's so many scriptures on giving in the word that I know I don't have to be scared. So when you read the word of God, It'll actually build inside of you a conviction. Like you ever hear people talk about uh, altar call? Are you convicted? What happens when somebody is convicted in an altar call? You're just like, <sighs> I remember I'll be there. You're like, you're sweating. And you're like, ah, ah. and I, uh, the Lord used me in prayer sometimes in different ways where you intercede for people. And you sometimes actually, you feel like the lost person. And so you just feel like, you're like, please talk about something else. Well, I wish the pastor talk about something else, you know, and stop saying, I can't wait till the music stops and all this stuff. And, you know, because why uh, everything about you, like, you know, you're supposed to do this, you know, this is the way it is. Well, but you could still not do it because you have a free will, right? Nobody, God's not going to force you. You can't force you. Wouldn't be a God to love them. Now, same thing. The word builds into you conviction and assurance and faith, solid ground to stand on. So faith 
is the substance of things hoped for. These things that you're hoping would come to pass. Like, oh, I hope it would be this way. I I just have this great hope. Well, that's wonderful. Don't give up your hope because faith is the substance of what you hope for. If you give up your hope, you can't have faith. So you take the hope, but just don't stop at hope. Then through the word of God, you look and you say, wait a minute, God said this. He said it in his word and he said it actually in more than one place. And if he said it, you've got you to let yourself think about that, meditate on it. And all of a sudden it'll become a part of you so much so that you'll be like, you know what? I cannot explain it, but I'm moving to Washington, D.C. <laughs> and, you know, people ask you like, so how do you know you're supposed to go there? And uh, it's funny, a lot of people, they don't want to hear like, because you just know the Lord's leading you there. They want to hear like something. They want to actually, it seems to me, and I don't want to put anything off on anybody. It seems to me most people want to know like something natural is the reason why you're going. Like, well, you, you have family there? Well, no. Well, do you have, no. I, just, you know, this is what the Lord's leading me to do. And uh, it's funny how sometimes that's challenging for people to grab hold of. But that's walking by faith and it's living by faith. And it's not a scary thing. It's actually the most normal realm for you to operate in. That's where you were made to operate. The other things are actually frustrating. And you know, you might not could put the right words to it, but you know in your heart of hearts, in, the, in, the, in the, uh, your core, like, I'm not living where I should be living because I'm living more what I can do than what God could do. In other words, I'm, I'm using natural giftings that the Lord has given me rather than just living and relying on what he said. Right? And all of us, all of us at different points could, could say that. Stand with me if you would. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, that your word is alive and powerful, sharper than any instrument that a doctor could use, Father. Thank you that you are the great operator on hearts, Father, that you are the one that makes all the difference, that when we hear a word from you, that your word always lifts us up. Your word always points us in the right direction. Your word always brings revelation and wisdom and understanding. I pray for each and every person, Father, that we would receive and operate in a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ and in the knowledge of the new man in Christ and in the knowledge of who you've made us to be and the power that is working inside of us. Father, I pray for boldness for each and every person that we would boldly in our own life and boldly as you direct us, declare your word, that we would boldly stand for you and for your best. We thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen.